This is Financial Fitness Podcast, Episode 3. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of stories in that itself. I'd love to sit down and bring one of my buddies that I served with on, on the show as well. Do it. Yeah. Do it. But yeah, let's get this started here. Uh, so yeah, today we've got uh, Austin. Austin is an incredible guy. I've just met up with him recently and um, happy to have you here on the show. Austin, introduce yourself a little bit. What's up, Bryce? Happy to be here. So my name is Austin Wagenshine. I own Deluxe Detailing. I've been involved in a couple other businesses so far in my life. I'm 21 years old, college dropout. You know the deal. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here on Bryce's podcast. Second podcast I've ever done. So this should be a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm surprised, man. Like when I first met you at first, I'll be honest, I, I did not like believe some of the claims you were making. Yeah. Because just give like a little bit of a background of what you do right now. So what I do right now is technically I am CEO of ATW Capital, which is in charge of my biggest holding mm -hmm. deluxe detailing. Got here, we've got Dayton, we've got Jupiter, Florida. You know the story. Yeah. Naples and Miami are coming soon. Denver, Houston are on the on the cusp on the of horizon. being on the list. Um, <laughs> no franchising. We had an investor at one point, but he was in and out so fast. Mm. I, it just wasn't working out, so we bought him out. Um, but, I mean, it's been a wild ride. You've heard a little bit about it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, so really what I do is I'm a really well-paid car washing kid. <laughs> <laughs> it is really what it boils down to. That's a good I mean, way to put it. There's a little bit of extra stuff in there, but a very well-paid car wash employee. <laughs> so detailing. Uh, for people that don't know what that is, uh, basically in its basic form, cleaning cars, really. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at, I mean, it's really the difference between a muumuu using brushes that clean thousands of cars and yeah. those brushes never get cleaned and get swirls and scratches. Yeah. It's the difference between that and preventing that in the first place with mm. safe wash methods. But the biggest thing is protection. I mean, the days of wax your car are kind of dead. I mean, everything else that's polymer based has kind of taken over that. Yeah. So the protection is really the bigger part of yeah. the business. But yeah, really in-depth cleaning of cars. Yeah. And would you say your market is more so based towards average cars, anything from average to luxury or? So um, when I started the company, um, it was actually because I had always wanted to go into asset management. Um, and as you've heard, I, I day traded. And so that's what I wanted to do. And through another story that you've heard, I mean, I basically was like, well, I met someone who had done it. I said, if he can do it, so can I. Yeah. And my beginning goal, which I don't know if you've heard this yet, was I just wanted to meet wealthy people mm -hmm. because wealthy people have the capital to spend <laughs> on unnecessary luxuries like yeah. $1,000 car cleaning. Exactly. I mean, that's your market. And I was trying to build a network, which I have. And somewhere along the line, I decided, you know what, maybe not asset management and just do this. That's awesome. That's that's something I've never really even thought of was like, uh, you know, in, in Wolf of Wall Street, when he talks about like targeting the whales. Yeah. It's it's a different way of thinking because that's something that can really turn your business from small scale to something big, like yeah. millions upon millions of dollars in revenue. 
And uh, you've, you've grown your company. I mean, it's been around for three years. So we founded October 27th of 2018. 2018, man. And so, I mean, we're at the middle almost, of 2021. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not even three years old. And I mean, when I think about that, yeah. But then, then part of me is thinking, I'm like, well, 2020 was our second year in business. I thought we'd be even better than we were just because, you know, I'm always, I'm always shooting for the next, the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got four locations that are live right now. Yes. And you're looking to expand into three more. Yeah. This awesome. year. This, just this, this year, year, by end yeah. of year. Like, like you've heard, yeah. I won't mention it, but the, the startup costs are quite nice to, yeah. to scale. It's a very... It's very easy business to scale in terms of the capital necessary. Yeah. But I mean, without the client list. Exactly. That's, that's huge. It's yeah. like the book of business. Um, how, with some of your other locations, how have you started to build like a book of business or just find people? So really, um, the main one was Instagram. Um, hmm. So before I would ever, because um, how I built my... I mean, there's on, you've heard the story I passed out. I took my parents' printer, printed off 500 flyers. I got two yeses within a week. So like we were talking, <laughs> you've essentially got 498 no's and two yeses. <laughs> but I mean, that's still two yeses. So I wasn't yeah. going to give up. Yeah. Um, but that's really not an effective way to find those whales because you're just making no. a shot in the dark. You don't get the opportunity to make an impression with them. Mm-hmm. Um there's just so many issues with that. Your response rate is way lower. Without the impression, you're just another business card. I've been yeah. noticing when you look at service vans driving around on the street, because I've been thinking, how do we attract more eyes to ours? Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at service vans, but I feel like most people just drive down the street, blinders on, not paying attention to any of it. Yeah. So um, I got a little off topic there, but um, Instagram kind of started it all. I went to Instagram to find exotic cars here. Mm-hmm. So always before I go and even think about another location, I will go and look at Cleveland, Cars and Coffee Cleveland. I'll go and look okay. at Cars and Coffee Dallas, kind of yeah. see what the roster is around there. And then also I'll look at the big detailing companies there. Because, I mean, you've got esoteric detail here in New Albany. Yeah. King it, cream of the crop. Yeah. Top dogs anywhere in the world detailing super high-end cars their name is going to be mentioned if you can craft out a niche here i think you could do it just about anywhere but instagram was the way we did it a lot of dms thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of dms and then i hired at the other locations the the whole goal was me and you my girlfriend talks about it all the time mm-hmm. i don't know if yours does but she's like I don't talk to people, but she's like, Austin can go in and talk to somebody brand new and have a new great friend. Kind of like how we met in the sauna <laughs> yeah. or like, Oh, he just met this person. Next thing you know, he's in their wedding. I'm being facetious, but, but yeah, yeah. It's so I try to hire people like that because yeah. the goal is to hire people who are smarter than you. Is it <laughs> hard to find with me? And then uh, you're looking at people who can, I mean, it's great to have a great car washer, a great, detailer yeah. a great ppf technician of course but none of it works unless you can make your customer laugh and unless you create that real connection with them because at that point if they know this is branched off they're going to think it's either franchised or they know to an extent that mm-hmm. you're not the owner's not there speaking yeah. with them and i think that's one reason that columbus grew so fast is because hmm. 
like I was telling you, I know every single client we have. Yeah. We were, we were at the bar having a couple of drinks and uh, two of your clients came by and you're like, just, just as they drove by, I mean, what, what were the cars? So, uh, it's two brothers, great, great clients. Actually, um, he was one of the first clients who followed me on Instagram, not to book, but one of the first to follow. I do remember that. Um, and he gave us a shot, but he owns a concrete company. The cars are his brother owns a white Mustang GT 5.0. And his brother has both a GT 350 and a GT 500. Yeah. Both new. The GT 350 is going to be the first naturally aspirated GT 350 to hit 200. Oh, as man. far as I know. As far <laughs> as I know. We haven't heard of one yet, yeah. but it will most likely be that one. And then he had to get the GT500 just Of because. course, of course. And so that way people have perspective. I mean, these cars were passing by us for maybe a second. And he's like, oh, hey, those are like two of my clients. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, oh, yeah. Like this is Joe and Corey. Joe and Corey. Yeah, Joe yeah. and Corey. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. And then lo and behold, they came into the bar too. And uh, didn't you make a deal with them in, in the bathroom? I did. I did. I told you I was going into the bathroom. I look around the bar and I'm like, they're not there. Next thing you know, I walk into the bathroom and they're standing right there. I tap Corey on the show, shoulder. I go, what's up, buddy? He goes, hey, man. And like Joe's looking at me and he goes, Corey's like, you don't you don't recognize who that is, do you? He's like, no. He's like, that's Austin. He he, he details our cars because Joe's normally not around. They leave yeah. everything at the shop. But um, yeah, I ended up selling them two ceramic coatings in the bathroom. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Always closing, no matter yep. where you're at. Always closing. Yep. yep. So <laughs> sell ice, uh, sell books on tape to deaf people, as insensitive <laughs> as that may be. May want to edit that out. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a that's a skill not a lot of people have or even begin to know how to how to do. Do you think uh I guess that's a good way to transition? Like, do you think entrepreneurship is something that you were just kind of born with that maybe you've learned a little bit from I know your parents are involved in real estate, yeah. um, but like, how, how did you come into just entrepreneurship in general? You know, I think uh, I always had a problem with, not a problem with authority, but a problem with being told what to do, mm. especially when I thought what they were telling me to do was mm-hmm. not the most efficient or effective way Absolutely. to do things. So I think from the time I started working like a real job, mm-hmm. it was, it was like, this just doesn't fit right for me. <laughs> I either wanted to be at the top, but I was like, wherever Even you're working. Then. I mean, at the time I was working at that little pizza shop. <laughs> I mean, how, how high up to the top can you really go <laughs> at a family owned pizza shop? I, I do think that, uh, I do think some people are born with a different sort of drive, but I mm-hmm. do think just like everything else, nurture is just as important as nature. Absolutely. Um, and not just what you're taught, but what mm. but what you seek out. Mm. Um, I think everybody has the ability to be an entrepreneur. I just don't think everybody is meant to be, if that makes sense. I agree with that um, completely, yeah. Yeah, there's not – not everybody's willing to – in the case of me, not everybody's willing to get 498 no's and two yeses. Yeah. Go back the same day and keep yeah. doing it. But I think that's I think that's one of the things that has really allowed this to grow really fast mm-hmm. is that 
I'm in love with the grind. Like yeah. that's why it's always another location. It's always mm-hmm. something like we have zero clients here because yeah. I, I talk about this all the time is it's like a business is like a living, breathing organism. Yeah. And I get really excited talking about this. You may be able to hear it in my voice, yeah, but like before October of 2018, this thing did not exist. Mm-hmm. And now there's several thousand people a month looking at the website that didn't exist before October of 2018. See, that's what's beautiful about it. And that's like why it's so important to just start because the more time you have in it, it's like anything. It's like a tree. You know, you plant the seed and you may not see anything come for years. And then yep. finally you see a little, a little sprout kind of coming out of the ground and, you know, you can fertilize it, invest in it. Yep. And then all of a sudden it just takes off. Yeah. There's happen to be fast. Yeah. Fortunately <laughs> there were, uh, there's two sayings that, that I always like to go back to that's related to that is, um, firstly, the best time to start was 10 years ago. Hmm. The next best time is now. Hmm. And if you don't do anything now, next thing you know, you're going to wake up and it'll be 10 years down the road and you're 10 years shorter. Exactly. But we were, I forget my second phrase about it. I was just thinking about it in my head, but I'm all over the place today. (laughs) You're good, man. You're good. So the transition, I guess, what sets you apart from the average 21 year old? You know, in case anyone listening didn't know that Austin's 21, 21 years old and you're worth, what's your net worth? Um, I don't like to include the value of my business in there because we were talking, I can't place a value on it. (laughs) There's a value on it that's been placed by offers, but I don't include that. Mm -hmm. Um, So cash and my real estate holdings and my investment portfolio, Mm -hmm. right around one, six, one, seven million. Yeah. Not, not including the value of 21 years old. Yeah. So not if, if we took the business away, which there was close, close to double digits of millions in offers. So if you didn't include the equity in that, which you have 100% ownership. Uh, 98. 98. Yeah. 98%. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much 100%. Um, you're, you're almost worth $2 million at 21 just yeah. without the business. And that's, yeah. I don't know. what. How does that make you feel? Like, how is it? Well, one thing that <laughs> while you were saying that, one thing that I thought about is you said without the business and my mind yeah. immediately went to, what if the business just didn't exist tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow it was gone. I mean, there's a few screws loose in my head, <laughs> but I mean, I would kind of like the challenge if it was yeah. just gone tomorrow. It's yeah. like, I did it once. Now I've got all of these assets that I could leverage to start something else. And it would be that same grind that I mm. fell in love with all over again. Mm. I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be really fucking awesome if it was be great but terrible if it was like all gone tomorrow but it's like something fun to think about like that uh 90 day to go from where uh undercover billionaire yeah yeah wasn't that grant cardone that did that grant cardone is second season i only saw the first with the guy who built like a billion dollar mortgage company (laughs) and then dropped in and made he was doing like a barbecue company or something in 90 days wow and it's a crazy story. I'm like, yeah. something like that would be awesome. Yeah. I I don't have enough assets or <laughs> notoriety to be on Discovery Channel quite yet. But <laughs> but Dude, I mean, I think that would be old, awesome. Building and doing what you're doing right now. Um, give it give it five years or so. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. I just like the work. I love Absolutely. the work. And that's 
as we were talking about before at the bar, I mean, that is incredibly hard to find just people in general that want to work, but especially our age and like yeah. our generation yep. work ethic is almost completely dead. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we were talking about finding employees. <sighs> like, it's, it's hard to find anyone that wants to work and is willing to do a good job. And then if they want to work, it's hard to find someone that doesn't actually like quality high quality work. Yeah. Especially in like, like my I business is, absolutely. it's almost like if you miss one thing, that ruins the entire detail because you could have yeah. done the rest of the car perfectly. Mm -hmm. That one little thing you left will stand out a hundred times more. Absolutely. Yeah. Your, your business is way more reliant on a hundred percent, basically perfection because okay. you're dealing with beautiful cars. I mean, Bentley's. Yeah. Lamborghinis, just Ferraris, gorgeous car. Yeah, Ferrari, McLaren. <laughs> McLaren's. Oh man, that's incredible. And so, of course, you know these guys have a pretty high standard. And you know, with what you're charging, yeah, of course, yeah, you'd, ex course. you'd expect. I hope you'd expect yeah. it, unless you've got more money than you know what to do. <laughs> more money than brains, rather. <laughs> Typically, uh, money doesn't really follow stupidity, mm -hmm. and if it does, then it leaves quick. Yes, um, yes, it does. <laughs> Uh, so I know before we were talking about a, an abundance mindset and that's yeah. something I really want to talk about on here. Yeah. Cause that's something that I've recently kind of fell into and started to like study. And, uh, it's, it's a topic that I'm kind of passionate about now. Um, yeah. so I'm curious, what are, what are your thoughts on it in general? Well, another thing we were talking about at the bar is like, uh, the, un we, we clearly, the listeners will know we had quite a long conversation <laughs> there. Um, but we were talking there about the abundance mindset and firstly, how the universe gives back to you what you ask of it. Mm -hmm. I hadn't necessarily been asking for like a new friend who's like got the same thoughts as me, but we're not connected. Cause a lot of my friends have like kind of adopted these mindsets yeah. through me. Yeah. I'm not taking credit for it yeah. at all. They're doing great. They're doing awesome things. Maybe I was just a little kick in the ass for him or something, yeah. but um, I was asking for a way to level up and I wanted a way to level up, introduce me to new people and here you are. So, I mean, that's a perfect example of the abundance mindset right there in the past week because me and my girlfriend were talking about five minutes difference. I couldn't have been in the <laughs> sauna. We may not yeah. have like seen each other and uh, we wouldn't be here doing this. And the thing about the ab abundance mindset to me is that it's like, mm -hmm. there's really no limit to it because mm. we're talking about the universe here. Yeah. Like we're, we're a speck. Yeah. We're a speck of dust. Yeah. So it's like. And I mean, if you think about like Elon Musk, my man, he's not just thinking about how do I make a million dollars? How do I make, he's not even really, in my opinion, I don't think he's thinking anything about money. No. I don't think he could care less about money. I think he's thinking, how do I change humanity? How do I change the future of humanity? Yeah. He's thinking about how do we put humans on Mars? How do we yeah. transfer in all fossil fuel society to electric and renewable? And how do I... Roofing uh, roofing torches <laughs> yeah. as flamethrowers. Like... Yeah, it's incredible. And I think that's... Obviously, I've been listening to a lot of Grant Cardone because I, I right. keep bringing him up. Um, but he, he talks about... Uh, you know, his 10x rule where, um, you know, your original goal, just multiply it by 10 because it forces you to think differently. Yes. Yes. If, if you want to make 60,000 a year, 
why not say, all right, how do I make 600,000? And then even if you fall short from that, you're making you're, well yes, above 60,000. Well better than 60. Yep. Exactly. Shoot, what is it? Shoot for the moon and aim among the land, yeah. among the stars yeah. or whatever. Exactly. I mean, if you just that simple transition in mindset, I think has been a, lately a huge shift for me because, um, you know, I was at my job, I, I'm property manager and then leasing agent as well right now. Um, and you know, one of my goals was to get a lease per day. And I was like, all right, if I can make it lease per day, it's X amount of commission. Right. Sounds great. And then I was like, you know what? Like, why not double it? Why not triple it? And so now I'm close to like three per day. And, and how often are you hitting that goal? This is the first month that I've been a leasing agent. So, ah. you know, in the average leasing agent gets about, I, I did some research and, uh, maybe 12 to 15 leases per month and I'm closing in on 60. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you think you'd be closing in on no, 60 a month at this at point? All. Yeah. It's that everything's just that simple mindset switch in your head because it's like, you probably learned this in the military mm -hmm. through, you were saying basic training is not that difficult. Some of your more <laughs> difficult training that you were talking yeah. to me about. Yeah. I'm sure there were times where it oh, wasn't man. the physical that was getting you through it. No. It was completely a mental game. That's what they're Absolutely. trying to do is they're trying to break your mentality because Absolutely. once you break someone mentally, they're done. Exactly. It doesn't matter how fit you are. I saw some studs that were way more athletic than me. There was D1 like college athletes that were there, uh, kids that grew up with Green Berets as fathers. And I'm like, man, who am I? I'm just some kid from Iowa. <laughs> like I, I was, I never made a varsity sport. And you know what? Both those guys quit and, uh, you know. I was, I was lucky enough to you get selected and yeah, I stuck around. I just said, all right, let's, let's get through this next pushup. Let's get through this next, uh, 10 mile run. You know, <laughs> I bet you just said something really interesting because, uh, one of the traits I've learned from people, um, from a lot of my mentors, me and you spend yeah. a lot of time talking about our mentors mm. is that they're very observant. You just said, let me do this next pushup. Yeah. Let me do this next mile. And if that, if you don't think you can make it that mile, let me make it this half mile. Yeah. If you can't do the half mile, 10 more steps. Exactly. You hit 10, fuck it, I'm going to go 10 <laughs> more. And it's really just break it down as small as you need to do it and just keep moving forward. Exactly. That's, exactly. Yeah. You I just think, said something really interesting there. I, I think they'll appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's a, we call it like paralysis of analysis and it's, it's people overthinking what's what's ahead of them. When in reality, just just take that first step. Just look right in front of you. Don't look at every challenge that's ahead of you. If, if you look at, if anyone wants to start a business, you're going to look and see the competition. You're going to look and see the startup costs. You're going to look and see, man, how do I build a business? Or how do I build a website? How do I find employees? There's, there's a million things to do. Just take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Start with, okay, how much does a truck cost? work truck. Okay. Let's go buy it. Okay. How much does it cost to start a website? Maybe if I don't have the capital to do it, how can I learn how to do it? Mm -hmm. YouTube's free. I've learned almost everything and anything from YouTube. It's incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. YouTube's one of the, I remember when I was watching YouTube, I was like 12 years old and I'd always watch. Uh, so there was this still an Instagram profile called millionaire motivation. Hmm. And I have posts on instagram like saved yeah from like if you go back in like your little save section of instagram they go back to like 2000 like 15 16 yeah i mean <laughs> before you 
you had. I could even drive a car. And then <laughs> when I realized uh, that some of their videos were being deleted, I went and found them on YouTube. Yeah. Like I start like I don't even know how long Instagram's been around, but that it was like 2015 freshman year of high school, and I remember kids at school. It was not like I was bullied or something. Yeah. But I remember people being like. Why are you always posting shit like that? <laughs> I'm like, it's a mindset, man. Yeah. And at that point, you're just wasting your breath trying to tell people and yeah. explain it to them. Exactly. Not everybody's built like that. Exactly. And actually, I've, I've had a very similar experience because you know I, I love I love that kind of stuff. Like I mm-hmm. obviously motivation is great. Uh, you know I love to be motivated because sometimes that's that's what gets me out of bed. But at the same time, of course, discipline is equally yes. as valuable, if not more. I, I yeah. agree. It's it is infinitely more because motivation means nothing if you don't have the discipline to keep going on the days that you don't want to wake up you told me intention means nothing exactly motivation is like intention wow Mm. mindset is actually doing exactly yeah intention means nothing action is everything and you know you could have the best heart in the world you could have the best ideas but that means nothing if you're not doing something if you're not making the effort you can have the best business plan in the world if you weren't taking the steps to actually make it happen it doesn't matter. No one's going to get your product. No one's going to get your service. And I found I found myself doing that at times. I mean, I've, we all do. I've got this Todoist app, um, and I have like a bunch of stuff in my inbox. And it's almost like a to do list app. That obviously it's a play on words, mm-hmm. um, but it it's it's almost like you get points for completing it before your set due date. Yeah. And I ended up having like thirteen that were overdue, and it was stuff that like when I came up with the idea. I use it like a notebook and a to-do list at the same time where it's like, what can we do about this? Yeah. And uh, I found myself like slacking off on a lot Mm. of them. But then when I actually sat down to do them, they didn't take that long. And the rewards from doing that were much better than I thought they would have been. And it didn't take as long as I thought. I'm a big procrastinator in that part (laughs) of it, but that's a whole separate issue. (laughs) That's crazy to hear because, you know, I'd say you're one of the most actionable people I've met because, uh, you know, obviously making the company that you've built, you were telling me that, you know, you don't care if you get a call at midnight and a, a client's like, hey, I want this done by 3 a.m. Like you'll get up and yeah. <laughs> go detail that yeah. thing. I mean, some days, not so much. I mean, <laughs> there, there are days where, where I pass details on to employees and I'm, yeah. just, I'm just not feeling it because normally what happens is I pack my schedule seven days a week. Yeah. But then – Stay on the gases in my Instagram bio, but you can only do that for so long without getting burnout. Yeah. So some days I, I do, yeah. but even when I'm not working, I'm working. So it's almost like take that time, reset, mm. come up with ideas because my mentor told me, he was like, stop working so much in your business, mm-hmm. work on your business. Mm. And that was like, I like that kind of mind check Kyle Barger right there. Same guy who told me stay on the gas. That dude's always staying on the gas and it's. I like that. It's it's cool. Like that to, it's cool to see, but I don't. I'm not always a hundred percent on it. I yeah. slack off. I I mess some things up. And what's surprising is lately I've really been getting my discipline back in check. Mm-hmm. With like, I didn't feel like going to the gym this morning. Yeah, I didn't really get up until around ten thirty. Believe it or not, then I was like, rolled around in bed watching YouTube and shit. Yeah, um, but. I got up. I was like, I really don't want to go. But by the time I walked out, I was like, I am better for going in yeah. and doing this today than had I just stayed at home and done nothing. Of course. So it's it's with me, it's almost like the discipline 
is built through like giving myself a reward as a reminder. Like, hey, I am better for going and doing this, this, and this mm-hmm. today than I would not have been. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say those that's the time when it really counts. Like you can we were talking about it with motivation. Like you can of course crush a workout when you're motivated after you just listen to uh I don't know, Jocko Willink or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we just found out that this the uh, this just stopped recording. So we're gonna pick it back up here. <laughs> Wherever <laughs> we thought we were. <laughs> so <laughs> when it cut out, we were talking about um comfort zone and you mentioned something about being like it's a box. Yeah. So continue with that, with what you were saying. Yeah. Cause we might've lost that. Yeah. Um, this was actually an idea I was coming up with as we were talking. Yeah. Um, so I think everybody's always talking about, um, jumping out of your comfort box, but yeah. I feel like most people make that into like a box that doesn't move or change. Mm. Or I think that's how we, most of us picture it. Yeah. But I feel like every time you move outside that comfort box, everything under that mm is now included in yep. terms of like what you're scared of, what you're nervous of. You beat something higher, everything in between your previous and now, that's all cool. And I think the bigger, more fearful you are of something, mm. excuse me, will make that box even larger. You'll make a marginally larger increase or even an exponential increase. So that means the next thing may be even harder. And you mm. could get to this point where it's like every every comfort box you push yeah you you're just just growing it yeah it it keeps getting bigger so you get to this point where every single jump seems to be more and more difficult yeah but you do reap the rewards for how much more uncomfortable you make yourself absolutely because we were talking about david goggins yeah i mean david goggins is an animal that man is the champion of pushing himself i don't think that man's afraid of anything but he's pushed his his comfort zone so far exactly so far beyond anyone else that it's like and he he yeah, can do anything exactly he keeps on talking about always keeping you know your, your sword sharp so that means like you got to keep that sucker in the fire every day you got to be beating on it every day so that means every single day you got to be challenging yourself you got to be pushing yourself and finding a way because eventually even that can become a bit of a comfort zone like okay i've been running 10 miles every day do something different man like start lifting weights start seeing how much you can squat, start, I don't start talking to people. Yeah. Maybe challenge yourself yeah. in different ways. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. It I doesn't mean, have to be physical. I almost play it like, like it's a Madden game. Yeah. Um, Cause we were talking in the song that one day about everybody always wanting to blame somebody else for mm. their issues, but your issues are like each attribute you have is just like a Madden game. Mm. You'd be super fast and strong, but have horrible awareness. I yeah. mean, you, there's so many different things that each person has. So I like to look at it as like a list and be like, what am I not that good at? Yeah. Let me focus on growing that. And then you get to that to the, you kick that up in the ranks. What's the next lowest one? And you keep mm-hmm. moving because a chain is only as strong as this the weakest weak. link. Yeah. Or um, we've been talking about combat sports a lot lately. Um, yeah. When you get punched in the face <laughs> real hard. Yeah. Your body resets to your lowest level of training. Yeah. If you just hopped into all these crazy Muay Thai roundhouse, the spinning heel kicks, all of this nonsense, Mm -hmm. and your fundamentals aren't there, when you get cracked in the face, it's going to be a big problem. Yep. It'll show. Yeah. You're only as strong as your weakest link. I really like that. And that I think that goes back to discipline again. Yeah. Because that's all about building foundation, building brick, brick laying. And lately I've been 
thinking of the gym uh, and, you know, waking up early as just laying bricks, just pouring more foundation, you know, it, it doesn't stop because I want to have as big of a foundation as I can possibly get. Get a bigger house that way. Exactly. Get a bigger house, hopefully a castle. Yeah. Maybe an empire. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> with, the, with the moat around it and everything. <laughs> I mean, there's really, at some point, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. your mental is, almost everyone's mental is weaker than their body. But absolutely. there's a lot of people who have kind of reversed that yeah. to where their mind is so insanely strong that their body will fail before their mind does. Yeah. And I think that's just so crucial because you, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, but you just, if you break someone's mind, mm-hmm. they're done. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really all that You're happens. Worthless without your motivation, man, without hope. So obviously self-development and like improvement is, is big for both of us. Do you, yeah. do you read any books? Do you read or do you like listen to anyone specific? Um, You know, like I was saying earlier, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan while I'm working. Yeah. And sometimes I kind of tune out, hmm. but I find myself thinking a lot. So it is, it's a lot of self-awareness hmm. and like self-reflection. Yeah. Like, what am I doing wrong? Hmm. Um, you know, I actually feel the same way Joe Rogan does about getting really, really stoned because you kind of get paranoid and trip out, but you're not tripping out about things around you. At least I don't. I trip up about like, what am I doing wrong? Where's my discipline slipping? Where am I slipping? What am I doing wrong? Because that's in reality me taking responsibility for the things I'm not doing right rather than putting them on somebody else. And I think think a lot of people need to change that. And I still do. Yeah. Sometimes I, I like, I am not excused from this conversation because I'm human. I do all the things that normal humans do. Yeah. I sometimes pass blame onto other people when it shouldn't be. Yeah. Somebody messed something up. Oh, well, it's because you're the person who made the schedule messed it up rather than hmm. the employee. I mean, that's that's really what happens a lot. But I I can't say that I read like a lot of self-help books. Okay. Um, I think it's a lot of self-taught stuff. Yeah. And things that I just pick up, um, like sometimes I'll read books, get a few tidbits of information, put it to the side. Yeah. Not because it's not a good book, mm-hmm. just because it's like I get bored on that same topic. Um, but I've I've read all the how to win friends and influence people, the seven yeah. habits of highly effective people, <laughs> um, a lot of like personal finance books. Of course. They, they get really deep in. Um, but I can't. I would say that like the biggest self-help thing is like listening to like Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink when they, them two come together. (laughs) I listen to a lot of those. I listen to David Goggins. I've read his book. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't hear me, right? Yep. Yeah. Great book. I actually have it on my phone. I'd read it on flights, but I just can't say I was ever, I love books, but at the same time, it's like, those types of books just don't necessarily sit right with me. Yeah. Because I feel I feel like a lot of the writers, not all of them, not the very top ones like Grant and Goggins and yeah. Jocko, um, I feel like they're kind of like the college professors. Yeah. People who have read a lot about it, but they've never lived it. People, yeah. People teaching business that have never owned one. Yeah. So it's, it's like these people who are teaching like emotional intelligence and mm. these people who are teaching like you can do better. Mm-hmm. 
but then you like start hearing these things, reading these things and you're like, you don't live like that at all. Yeah. And that, that really doesn't sit right with me. So I think a lot of those kind of skirt away from me. But mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll pick up a good like self, self-help, self-improvement book. But Are you familiar with uh, stoicism at all? No, I'm not. I so, believe I've heard of it, but not familiar. You're about to teach me something. Here. It's uh, People are probably going to correct me on this, but uh, in my opinion, what, what I've read from it. So I read, um, I think it's called The Obstacle is Away by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday is a big Stoic. Uh, Stoicism was created back in like ancient Greece. And it's kind of the mindset that um, just accepting life as is and not not being too emotional about anything, not having too high of highs, not having too low of lows, accepting the goods and the bads for what they are. The whole idea of Stoicism, I feel like I've heard somebody talk about it on Joe Rogan, but it's probably one of those things that I had that I had tuned out, but it's, it's kind of the idea like uh, memento mori, that's um, Latin for remember we die. Uh, so whether that's, you know, if you're, if you're going through something terrible in the moment, Hey, remember you die, man. Like right. don't take it too seriously. Or like if, if you're going through something incredible, memento mori, man, like remember you die. This, this doesn't last forever, whether it's good or bad. You know what I was actually thinking about? Like, this sort of thing mm-hmm. without knowing what it was yeah. earlier today. Cause I was like, you know what, when I didn't want to get out of bed today and I didn't want to go to the gym, I was mm-hmm. like, you do realize you only have a finite amount of time left mm-hmm. here. I like that. I like we were talking the other yeah. day about like how Jordan, my girlfriend, she has plenty of time to figure yeah. out her business, but like there's a balance in everything. Exactly. You also got to realize there's a finite amount of time to do anything and you never know when your time's going to come. So do you really want to spend your last day rolling around in bed? Like, remember we die. So I guess it's, it's, it's that idea, but in a little bit of a different manner yeah. rather than like, don't take things too seriously. Cause I'm using it to almost take it more seriously. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it's true. I mean, nobody can say it's not it. Yeah. We die. That's the one everyone thing. Everyone does. That's the one thing that everyone, you will absolutely die, whether you're rich, whether you're poor. Die and pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking on that, man, um, we talked a little bit about the at the bar. Uh, right now, you're you're kind of like free financially. Like you've hit basically financial freedom. Yeah, to an extent. I'd what like is... a helicopter. <laughs> or, or a so plane. that's more like you know, like it, it's just a matter of how financially free you are it's not you you could technically right now retire yeah 21 years old you know you you could never work a day in your life again and you'd be you'd be fine yeah it's the income of the business but i think if i if i retired i think i'd just go crazy so damn bored because it's like i can only work so many days in a row without getting like annoyed and pissed off Mm -hmm. but i can only take like so many days off before i'm like all right let's get back to work yeah because when we went to miami recently i was like well uh, y'all go party. I'm a, I'm a sitting here and send some DMs because I, because when I got back, I, I haven't personally done like a crazy amount of detailing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the week I got back, I personally did nine grand worth of details, which is like a lot yeah. for one guy, whether yeah. it's an employee or me. Yeah. And I wasn't even keeping track. I was just like, so fired up and ready to work again. Yeah. That I was just going, going, going. I'd even added up until when I took two days off after that. And I was like, 
<laughs> that's one of those things is sometimes I'm like looking at my schedule. I'm like, Ooh, I got five days of actual work. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we've had some employees, you know, in and out of school, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but I was really just like, we can all work. Mm-hmm. And then when I work, I just get really fired up for no reason mm-hmm. so that I look back and I'm like, that was pretty cool. But then those weeks where I'm like, really not feeling these next five days of work. But once I get through it, it's a sense of accomplishment that you don't get when I like pass a detail on to an employee. Yeah. But in the moment, my discipline slips and I'm like, pass it on to the employee. <laughs> but like, but that's something time. I'd really like to change. Cause I'd like to get every week. Cause that feeling yeah. of like, I made it to the end, even though mm-hmm. at times it sucked. I mean, I'm washing cars, but I mean, yeah. sometimes it sucks. I got really bad allergies. Not not a complaint that warrants missing work, but <laughs> sometimes I can't breathe. So I'm curious. Have you ever thought of like hiring a COO? So that way, if you still want to be a part of the everyday, you know, you have someone that's in charge of growing and operations and, and that sort of stuff, more so focused on the actual business. So I haven't thought about anybody other than myself who would oversee all of the locations. Yeah. But each location, as I was telling you, even Columbus does it's have a, a manager. manager. Yeah. But um, my issue, I was watching a movie last night with Robert De Niro called The Intern, <laughs> where it's basically the story of this, this girl. It's not real, but it's this girl who's CEO of her own fashion company in yeah. Brooklyn. And he's a senior intern. He's like 70 years old. And it's this young, urban online clothing company yeah and she's like he's her personal intern and she's crazy working nonstop, has this crazy thing for the business mm-hmm. but because she's getting these venture capitalists they want her to hire a ceo like yeah. they all do oh you gotta have somebody with experience yeah and she's worried about like where they would take, take the, the company, company and the vision of it and like i was telling you i i don't franchise my businesses yeah I make a lot of money doing that yeah i'm sure but it's I think long term I can make more. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it takes like one location franchise going bad to really pull the name down. And even like a one percent reduction in like our name value would really upset me, and I'd certainly lose sleep over that. Yeah. So at this moment, COO probably isn't the direction we'll go, but I have considered it. Um, I am considering. I think I've had this conversation with friends and family, but I think in the next two years, I won't be actively involved. Yeah. Uh, Other than like, by that time, we'd probably have a board of directors, like a real solid one. We've got four listed right now. Um, That that shit excites me, man. We can can get into the, we can get into the, the reason why you always have board members uh, for tax write-off reasons. Not just that, but I mean, you were saying like hire people smarter than you, you know, like you didn't finish college. My mom would love me to. I want to be a jack of all trades. And then so that way I can understand, like if I have an accountant talking to me about my business, I don't want to get an accounting degree because that's going to take too long, but I want to build a business and I I need a basic understanding of accounting, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want to be able to understand what my accountant's telling me. I want to be able to look at his financial statements, his T-charts, you know, our cash flows. I want to be able to understand everything that's going on without having to basically work a $80,000 job when right. maybe my value is, okay, how do I, you know, what, what kind of decisions can I be making to increase the value of the company? You're, you're a decision maker and you're a leader much exactly. in the same way that I am. So it's like, 
the idea of getting degree isn't really that great, especially anymore. I mean, you think about it. Why is college so expensive? Hmm. The government subsidized student loans. Yep. So they just kept saying, we're going to spend more and more. But meanwhile, everybody's looking around asking, why is college so expensive? And the federal government's just like, anybody hear anything? <laughs> but college degrees really aren't worth much when everybody has one. Exactly. I always tell it like, normally I'm in a bar when I'm having this conversation. But I'm like, if you gave everybody in this bar a million dollars and this was the only place they could hang out for the rest of their life, they'd raise the prices on drinks from $7 to 600 Yeah. Because a million dollars doesn't mean anything anymore if you give it to everybody in a certain group. College degrees the same way. And like we were talking about earlier, I really don't think that a lot of these professors have done it. Yep. Plus, you're not even dealing with the professor often. Yeah. At these big universities, you're always dealing with a teaching assistant. Especially now with uh, all online. This this last year of college I did, all online. I My accounting class, I wasn't able to make it to the to the classes because I was working and, you know, running Buckeye Bounce. And um, so I wasn't able to make it to any of the lectures. And he did a lecture one time a week for an hour. The rest was all e-textbook. Yep. You know, homework, Let quizzes. Me, I guess that's accounting, but yeah. I mean, accounting doesn't change too. T- there are slight code changes, but I mean, yeah. for the most part, it stays the same. But if yeah. you're talking about like a marketing class, the last time I was in a marketing class, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. the textbooks they had us reading were from 2011. Exactly. Tell me how much that was before, like the Instagram, real social Facebook. media blow up because i mean you had facebook you had myspace at that point yeah but they didn't i didn't even think they did advertisements then there might have been like small businesses like small pages if that man i mean they were ahead of their time if they were doing it then we're talking an entirely different economy now yeah so marketing you're you're learning how to show off a product or a service yeah how are you supposed to do that under the context of 2010 or 11 it's a waste of your time. Yeah, because back then maybe it was radio or TV was the best way to get your name out there. And yeah. now that is absolutely not the case. Nobody watches cable. Nobody. Even in the last year, how long has TikTok been around? I mean, I know it blew up like two, two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, but it's it's starting to compete with Instagram now. You're seeing businesses go from, I watched this girl who does detailing. Yeah. Her prices are a third of ours. She's in San Diego. <laughs> Not nearly as big as us. Yeah. Um, from what I can tell, I'm not one yeah. to judge anyone's. Maybe she has six other employees running around. <laughs> maybe she has three other locations. I don't know. Yeah. But she was just running people through detail. And she was at like 4,000 followers when I saw that video. When mm-hmm. I went back and looked again, the woman had like 75,000 followers. And she's filming this herself. Nothing crazy. You know, yeah. all those time-lapse videos they do where she's showing like each step, but mm. it's time-lapsed. And then it's her doing a voiceover of it. Yeah. I mean, my only concern is like filming it Yeah. and me like trying to do my job while filming that. Like we were talking about earlier with saying, your I photography, a yeah, buddy. I got a yeah, we, <laughs> we got to put something together. But like a TikTok is such a beautiful way to grow a business because what I've considered yeah. is – I've been looking for a way to sell detailing products for quite a while. Hmm. And like I told you, I've I've worked with a chemist. I've yeah, tried yeah, to put things solutions. together. But for the most part, like I was telling you again, is we don't have a we don't have like a line. 
we have several products that I like mm-hmm. and I didn't think were really out there, but I want like a full line and TikTok's a beautiful place to sell things. <laughs> it's not a beautiful place to sell your service. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. It's great for exposure, but at the same time, you're not. So you could be almost like a, a service business. I'm looking for like right here in Columbus. Yeah. It's a little harder to target that unless you're paying for the ads. That's but, smart. That's smart. So you could be like, um, you know, hey, I, I've built this detailing business. This is how you can do it. Here's my product. Absolutely. Uh, that's Absolutely. Great. That's genius, man. That's it's almost like franchising, except without all the paperwork. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But buy what we're selling. Yeah. It works for yeah, us. Yeah. But I mean, it's you, know, you got the work ethic. Maybe it'll work for you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not start a TikTok? What's that take? Five yeah. minutes to set one up. It's free. It takes longer to start up a bank account, and I've set up plenty of those. <laughs> I mean, that 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 takes a while. What? That's another thing. That's yeah. another thing. Is I feel like. I feel like a lot of people, like, oh, I don't know how to make an LLC or I don't know how to do this. Um, my girlfriend will definitely listen to this and I don't want her to think that's an example of her because she was actually very excited and came and asked me for help. So I walked her yeah, through it, absolutely. which sometimes that's more important than knowing how to do it is being 100%. willing to ask the question, hmm. how do I do something? Hmm. Because uh, there's a there's an ancient, I believe it's a Asian quote about... Um, it says, the person who asks a question is a fool for a minute. The person who doesn't ask the question is a fool for a lifetime. Ooh. Ooh, that is some wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Asking the question is sometimes the most important part. But back to the LLC thing is some people are like, I don't know how to. So they just don't. Yeah. Look it up. Ask someone. Do anything. It's back to that take one step forward. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it might take a long time. Just do it. You'll figure out it takes 15 minutes. Yep. And I, I think a lot of people, bucks in 15 yeah, minutes. I think and you're good to go. Pay, good your, to go. pay your taxes and <laughs> at some point die. And other than that, you're good to go. I mean, you can, you can run it from that. Oh and there's so goodness. many with, with back to the economy, we mm-hmm. were talking about this new digital economy is there's just so many ways to make money. Millions, millions of ways. Essentially unlimited yeah. ways of money. Yeah. Like I've and been noticing so a lot lately. Is like somebody will be talking about a business. I'm like, that's a business? Yeah. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, actually, that's a pretty good idea. Like, <laughs> you make money. That's rental company. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, that's one of those businesses you don't think about. You never think but it, they're yeah. definitely out there. But they're there. And they're doing well. Yeah. I mean. So I'm curious. You know, you, you've obviously accomplished a ton for being 21. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to think so, but sometimes <laughs> I wish it was more, man. Hey, there's always a bigger fish, man. Yep. Always a bigger fish unless you Jeff Bezos. And then at that point, you know. Did you hear Lex Friedman? Are you familiar with Lex Friedman? Uh, I don't believe so. He's been on Joe Rogan. He's a, he's a big uh, researcher in AI, <laughs> and uh, he knows Elon Musk pretty well. They're kind of on opposite sides of the okay. AI argument. Yeah. Elon's worried about it. Lex embraces it. Um, Lex Friedman was talking on his podcast and I heard him say, why don't we just take everything over a billion dollars? We cap it at a billion dollars, take it. And you're damn sure that we redistribute that. How do you feel about that? Not to make it me interviewing you, but I have to ask. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No. Because no. people get upset that Jeff Bezos is worth that. But I'm like, you do realize. It's like it's cash. It's exactly. It's not cash. And. That is what the market as a whole determines what the business that he built 
is worth overall. Mm, mm. He's I not determining that. it. Yeah. The market, just because people don't like somebody being worth a lot of money does not mean you can change the basic rules of capitalism. Ooh, I love this. This was actually on my on my sheet. Uh, why, why people hate the rich. And uh, this, I think Jeff Bezos is a perfect example. I'm, honestly, I, I am indifferent about Jeff Bezos. I think he built a, a really incredible company. It provides people with products all across the world every single day. Yep. You know, I use it to buy movies once a week. Yep. You know, that's Me my too. thing. I like to Me watch too. movies. Prime, man. They got yep. everything. Exactly. That Amazon Prime is the shit. That's you gotta yep. watch the intern on there. I rented God. it on there last night. I'll add it to the it's list, good. man. I've Robert been looking for movies Niro, to watch. Man. Robert, Robert De Niro. He's great. But uh yeah, back to like what you're saying, what the market determines its value is people forget that money is just a transfer of value, man. Like yeah. you are directly paid off of the value that you bring to the marketplace. If you work at Kroger, the market will tell you that you're worth 10 bucks an hour. If you work at McDonald's, what is it? 15 bucks an hour or something yeah. right now, because you're expendable. The yes. next person literally can do a, those a chimp can come in and flip a burger. Yeah. And if it makes you feel bad, it should like, if you want to increase your salary, if you want to increase your pay, Go learn something. Become indispensable. Yeah. Provide I think, something. I think a lot of people who are like, I feel like we're two people who, I used to be a person who cared what every person's thought was about me. Yeah. Now I'm beyond that. And when my mindset changed that way, mm -hmm. every action I made, made the world's value of me go up. That marketplace value because the business began to grow. So I think yeah. it's interesting that a lot of people who are like so worried about what other people are thinking of them or what other people are doing and they're not worried about what themselves are doing. Those are the people who are working these $10 jobs Yep. in the market. In, but they, they also realize that they as a human being are worth more than $10 an hour. Of course. I think everyone's worth way more than that. Yeah. And you can see that because there's trillions of dollars in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. You divvy that up. Yeah. Divvy it up. I think you said something like $10 million per person or something. Maybe I had a con different conversation with someone. Yeah. There's uh, enough money in the world to, for everyone to yeah, be that was stupid somebody else. Um, Yeah. But why do people hate the rich? That's an interesting question and we can get very deep into that. Oh, yeah. Because um, I've got my... my people, people confuse the difference between equality and equity. Hmm. And I really think that everybody's like, everything should be exactly the same. And I'm like, you, every idea is great mm -hmm. until you introduce humans into yep. it. Because everybody's always just trying to step on somebody else's shoulder to get up higher. Yeah. And what people, people can't stand that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's kind of ironic that these people who hate the rich buy a lot from the conglomerates the yep, and yep. indirectly the rich. Exactly. Um, I was involved in a business and the merchandising company I was talking about, I love playing with this blanket, dude. I don't know what <laughs> it is. It's pretty soft, man. Yeah. And, uh, pretty sure the mic's funny. picking up every last bit of Oh, that good too. Lord. Let me not do that anymore. My apologies. <laughs> Cut that 15 seconds of me playing around with that. That's a nice mic, man. That's a serious one. Um, so we had a pin with that merchandising company called Eat the Rich. It was yeah. kind of funny because bought it. because you've got the guy, yep. Tony, yep. and then you've got us other guys involved with the company. 
nobody in that group was poor. was on the bottom. Nope. Yeah. No. So so it's kind of ironic because they they still spend their money. They don't yeah. they don't so much invest their money. No. And they get upset because they see these people up at the top buying those $600 shoes yeah. and then they go out and spend these $600 shoes. So it's back to them worrying about what everybody else sees mm-hmm. in them mm-hmm. and not worried about making enough and doing enough yep. to where you can buy a pair of $600 sneakers. It doesn't, you, yeah. and it doesn't matter at all. I've done it. I can afford it. Don't buy them. They're great, but yeah. don't buy them. It's a, that that's a conversation thing. about that where, you know, eventually you can buy everything in the world and like it, it just eventually has like a point of, Diminishing returns on like yeah, how happy absolutely. it makes you. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they're cool shoes, but yeah, but that essentially, that is, essentially, they're a pair of leather shoes. Adidas superstars. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. It it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. But the why people hate the rich, I don't know. I've never I've never hated the rich. So I I think that a lot of people hate the rich because they don't understand them. They they think that wealth was given to them or that they had to put someone else down to become rich. And, you know, there was a, there was a study done over 10,000 millionaires in America. 86% of them were self-made 86%. That's that's a lot. You you choose 10, 10 of these millionaires, eight of them, almost nine of them did it themselves. They didn't get an inheritance at all. Sure. You get the one trust fund baby here and there, whatever. But I think that says a lot about what happens with those trust fund babies as well. Yeah. They're it's fed that all. silver spoon their whole life. Yeah. And that family wealth is normally gone within what, two, three generations yep. because they weren't the ones who worked for it. Exactly. Like, like my parents are quite well off, yeah. but they didn't. I stole a shop vac from my dad. <laughs> it was his shop vac. They had a carpet cleaner at the house. I stole that, broke it. It still sits in the garage there at their house. Um, and I stole a bunch of ink, essentially, for from her printer. Yeah. And went to town. They weren't they weren't going to hand me anything. Yeah. But their support was always there. And like I was telling you, and that's that's huge too. I'm not naive enough to say that like I did this entirely by myself because we were talking about there there are kids who have no one. They have to like. I was reading Snoop Dogg was like handing out newspapers, selling candy, like this really like 50 cent candy type stuff to help his family pay for food. And that's like, well, you are clearly at a disadvantage there to start a business because you're selling candy to help your family. Just to survive. I didn't have to do anything to survive. All of my needs were 100% met Mm -hmm. and that gave me, I could keep money for myself and- invest that and spend time doing other things yeah. to support myself rather than my family. Cause I didn't have to do that. Yeah. And so that's, that's where I will say um, some people definitely do have a competitive edge in your upbringing. Um, but I think I forget who said it, but you know, if you, if you are born poor, that's not your fault at all. But if you die poor, yes, that's a hundred percent your fault. That's on you because once, you know, once you reach the age of 16, in my opinion, that's working age. Yeah, I, I wanted think, a job at fourteen. Yeah, you know, I was trying to find work. What's the legal age in uh, Ohio? Isn't it thirteen? You can start a job. I think thirteen. You, know, I you can start 15. at Kroger. I thought it was maybe that, that could be the case. I remember going to a Kroger interview. I was in like sixth or seventh grade, probably, and I got turned down, and I was really upset. <laughs> I was really upset that Jacob Pranger and Ian Manahan both got a job there. I was really upset that I was like the odd one out. <laughs> 
who knows maybe it was like your availability is not right yeah. or they didn't even do the interview they like read oh, man dude, i mean didn't even get an interview wasn't even much of a resume <laughs> i guess i would get like a first job. what have i done uh i mowed the it's grass weird. and shoveled the lawn and breathed a little bit <laughs> I, I i funny enough i worked at Kroger for three months and uh, that was probably the most soul-sucking experience of my life and was uh, it that bad dude it was we can move on from there. <laughs> Soul sucking Ooh. at Kroger. Oh man, could it be as bad as an Amazon warehouse? You know, I've never worked at one side. So I can't true. speak on that. That's true. Uh, I, I also don't want to get a letter in the mail from Amazon. From Amazon, <laughs> a, 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 hey, we were a definition. Shit on our <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I have a question for you. Yeah. If someone's in our our age group right now, twenty one years old. You know, they're they're wrapped in college student loan debt, have maybe maybe a grant to their name if they're lucky, if if they grew up without having any loans so far, you know, maybe five hundred bucks to their name. What would you do from their position? If I was in their position, yeah. Do I have see I could get into this. Let's, this, let's go. this is what we're talking let's about. Hear. This is like undercover billionaire, yeah. man. Uh do do I have any sort of income at all? Let's say Let's say you're because most college students don't work during the semester, yep. which I think is absolutely stupid. Yeah, in my opinion, you can do both. You can you, you can, can do, do both. both. You can always work two jobs, ran quit partying Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's all about choice. But yeah. let's say they Your don't priorities. have a job because most most college students don't. Okay. Let's say you don't have a job. What do you do? Where do you go? Well, we'll give me the difficult one. Give me five hundred dollars. Five hundred bucks. Um, at that point, I would change my time from partying, mm. which I'm assuming they would be doing. Yep. I had my time partying. Yeah. Um, still do here and there, but not I like mean, I used to. Everybody different does. situation. Right. But uh, I would switch from going out to the bars. Mm-hmm. I'd probably start with like a, a bouncer job or like <laughs> anybody can get a job at Midway doing security basically or do something for 15 hours a week or – Kind of go for broke and do um, probably affiliate marketing. Hmm. I've heard good and bad things about that. I tried really? that one time with the uh, owner of the medical distributorship I was telling you about. Yeah. It didn't work out too well, but I yeah. think it is a way where you can start pretty cheaply. It's interesting. Um, I would literally try to start anything. Hmm. I'll buy a lawnmower. Yeah. Just mower start lawns. lawns. Yeah. Like, on, at that point, when you have so little money, it's all about priorities. Yeah, and just under yeah, undercut lose. people's prices. Because I know a guy; um, he owns a real small detailing company. He's doing full in and outs for like twenty five dollars. Really, like a full? Yeah, and they're not combined. Bad. Yeah, they're not bad. In and out, twenty five bucks. Yeah. I'm gonna and have to reach out bad. to my boy. Yeah, I mean, shit. It's, yeah, twenty-five bucks. It's I impressive, mean, and he calls it a light simple. detail, but it's yeah. pretty impressive. And do something like that. I mean, to be frank with you, it. when I first started my business, I got products. I got like hundred fifty dollars in products from Detailed Image, which is yeah. one of the places we buy from now because it's great for professional products. But dude, I got some of my supplies and shit at like Advanced Auto Parts. Yes. Yeah. Home Depot, maybe, yeah. I bought I bought my pressure washer from Home Depot. Yep. Uh we've got some really nice German pressure washers now, but a lot of them with the yeah. mobile, they're so small, those little Ryobi's $120 pressure washers. We yeah. still use them. Yeah. And um 
my first buckets. Now my bucket, everybody's buckets are gray. They have stickers for wheels, wash. They're they're really cool Ooh. stickers from yeah. Jack's Wax. They look real cool. Yeah. But everybody's first buckets were orange Home Depot buckets. <laughs> we all started with that, and I love it. I, that's probably what I would do, and I would cut out the four dollar coffees. Man, mm. that shit drives me crazy. Mm. But at that point, that's not really going to change your life that much. A four dollar coffee, but I mean, if you're if you're living on that small, it mm-hmm. will. Yeah. But once you start making more, everybody, there's all these like TikTok accounts that are talking yeah. about like manage your money, and it's like cut out Starbucks, cut out anything fun you do. It's like what's the enjoyment in life at that point? Yeah. But also, Me you personally, be the money to to make up for that because correct. You know, if you if, if you're not even working at all, man, you can't you can't do anything. You can't party. You can't. You can't afford it. Yeah, you can't afford you it. You can barely afford to live yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, what I would do is I would work. I would do anything somebody mm. would let me to do. I'll plant bushes in your yard. I will mow your lawn. I will wash your car all in and the same rolls. day <laughs> until I have $10,000. Then at $10,000, I think I have some opportunities open. I would frankly probably go out to dinner at somewhere nice. And try to start up a conversation with someone in the short north at a nice hmm. restaurant. Hmm. I think two hundred fifty dollars on a dinner for networking can be a life changer. Wow. I have seen people do that, <laughs> and I watch someone walk in with a seventy thousand dollar a year job and walk out with a four hundred thousand dollar a year job. Still a job. You're not owning your own business, but but he just more than quadrupled his income right there. Yeah, I absolutely. think that's it. That's off meeting a very, very wealthy individual who was tired of running the business by himself. So it's kind yeah. of like what you were talking about, hiring yeah. a COO. And he realized this dude was qualified, really liked him, got the job, <laughs> offered it right there. And it does yeah, help when incredible. the people got a little buzz. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that's, you just got to put yourself out there, man. And yeah. some people might think, oh, 250 bucks on a meal, just who knows? Like maybe they don't like me. Maybe, you know, what can a conversation do? But, to that abundance mindset, man. There what can't a conversation everywhere. do? We sit down and have a real conversation without yeah. us just being in our phones the whole time. Yeah. That, that's another thing our generation does not <laughs> I feel like we could go on and on about that oh, kind of yeah. stuff, man. Absolutely. <laughs> but, okay, so get to $10,000. Right. Yep. I feel like you're starting to finally get your head above water. You know, you can have some breathing room. You're not worried about paying the bills next yep. month. Then you'd say, maybe start something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what I'd start, yeah. but I mean, I mean, you gave me a couple of ideas yeah. the other day because I was like, man, I just not, I'm dying to do something, man. Like I'm hearing about how you started yours. Well, I'm I was, like, I was, we were, we would talk about pressure washing. Yeah. You, you, you brought the idea of pressure washing to me. And yeah. it, I mean, you got to buy a van, you can buy a sure. water tank, yeah, pressure, a gas pressure washer, yeah, five hundred dollars on a wrap, yeah, and start pressure washing, yeah. But like I was telling you, I think I think I would probably spend some of that money on on like Instagram advertisements. Or at that point, if it's because I've got so much, not so much. I mean, really, it's only been three years, but I've done a lot and grown a lot and experienced a lot in a short amount of time in the service business industry. I think Facebook ads would work better. Really? Yeah. All the moms are on there. Yep. All, all the yep. of age people to actually buy from you yeah. are online. And you know yeah. what? Frankly, I think I have 
I don't know why, but surprisingly enough, we get a lot more details requested from females than I would have expected. Really? Because you assume like detailing yeah. cars. Cars, cars are a thing. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like I was telling you, we do a ton of exotics, but the bulk of our business, the bread and butter, will always be the average luxury car. $300 <laughs> every two, three months, keep them rolling and just build the clients <laughs> from there. I don't need... I don't need Ferraris every day. Sometimes no. those take longer because they are so specific. I mean, you charge for that, but it's still, you're still, you've only got so much time, time. opportunity cost. Yeah. So why would I keep spending all this time for a bit more money yeah. on the same client over and over? I can't have a, I can't have a $10,000 a year anchor client mm-hmm. that that doesn't work. Yeah. What are your favorite memories so far from every, just your entire life? Honestly, doesn't have to be business. Just, just your life. What, what are some of the different experiences? Yeah, that's a really good question. I really enjoy it because like I was telling you, podcasts mm-hmm. is almost like I'm reflecting on a lot of my life in a yeah. rather small period of time in a manner that I don't normally get to. Yeah. So it's really awesome. Um, Peru, that trip I was telling you mm-hmm. about, one out of 500 students across the world to get to go to a global student leadership summit. Yeah. And the winner of the summit with their idea, they got their idea put in the Nobel Peace Prize Museum. I mean, that's a big deal. We got got second. I told you about the first idea, which sucked trash off the top of the ocean (laughs) or the bottom of the ocean, which is already patented and obviously the trash Trash in the ocean floats rather than sucking it like a vacuum off the floor. (laughs) That's besides the point. Um, That was an amazing experience because I got to see what real gratefulness looked like. Mm. And I think I had gotten out of mm. touch with that for a long time. And yeah. I, I would like to go back soon because I feel like a lot of that experience has kind of drifted away yeah. over time. I mean, some of it was life-changing and will forever stick with me, but I feel like in the moment right there, that story about the kids with the uh, the, the shoes, shoes. Yeah. when my shoes got wet and I was yeah. like, I'm not getting on a seven-hour flight with these. I'll just grab another pair out of my bag. Gave me these kids and they were so elated over a $50 pair of shoes. Yeah. It's dude, people forget that like America is almost like a bubble in the world, man. Like what we experience is not, it's, it really is not what humanity is used to. Yeah. That we're, we're really soft here as well. Yeah. We're very soft. That's what happens when you, like you're given everything in life. You know, we've, most Americans have never faced hardship. Of course there are people that do, but for the average American, you know, you are infinitely more wealthy from a standpoint of you will probably never go without food. You will probably never go without shelter. You'll probably have air conditioning. Man, people across the world are like living in huts still. the other side of our southern border, man. Yeah, people are and dying to get in here. Yeah, and... Literally. Yeah, Literally actually. dying to get in here. And what's crazy is they live a much harder life mm-hmm. in Mexico specifically. I mean the cartels, all that. Yeah. Almost Americans see is Cozumel where it's like damn near gated off resort. Yeah. Like we don't experience that. No. And some of them, actually a lot of them, a lot of Mexican immigrants work harder than most Americans. Oh my, absolutely. I mean, there's TikToks where it's like, it's a joke. Like it'll be a construction guy and he's like, we'll never get this job on time. And then it's like, some motherfucker named Pablo and it shows Pablo <laughs> walking up. Like those dudes work insanely hard and it's yeah. because their whole life has been hard. We've had a yeah. cushy life. Most Americans have had a cushy life the entire time. Yeah. Um, 
another really awesome experience. Wow. Probably the net, the day that I realized that like this business was like real. Like speak on that a little bit. Once I realized that like, actually, no, it was April, late April of last year. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I actually kept that job at GNC for so long as an excuse to, Oh, I'm doing my college homework while I'm here. Um, I get free supplements, all this stuff. You do the math. How how much money? I mean, (laughs) what was your thought process behind that, man? It was almost a piece of laziness for me too. Just maybe I'd sit in the back and watch Netflix. Yeah, I was staying in my comfort zone. I was working here and there, but it was like it was a huge opportunity cost. I could have been out like growing the business. growing the business i'd be working saturdays it'd be a car show <laughs> like and you asked what my thinking was i don't think i was <laughs> and uh but i remember i remember the day that i it was the last day of i put in two weeks and he basically only gave me one yeah because as a good business person why keep someone around who is leaving long, anyway yeah. um I remember flicking the lights off, throwing out the peace sign, taking a picture on my phone. And was like, this is the last day I'll ever receive a check from a corporation again, like working for someone else. I love it. But you realize that I traded one boss for 3,000. Yeah. Every client's a boss. Now, everybody's yeah. got a boss to an extent. But there's no Different reason. You can choose your bosses. Yes. There's no <laughs> one telling me when and where to be. Yeah. And that's why sometimes... Somebody wants to get lippy with me on the phone because my prices are too high. I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm happy to refer you somewhere else, but I'm not moving on my prices. I mean, we've got team members booked out a month. Yeah. Like I was telling you, I mean, but we're I like I was telling you, we were gonna scale the business to when somebody texts you to want the car clean, they don't want it in a month, they want it now. Yep. That's why they're texting you. Otherwise it'd be like, Hey, can I get on your schedule for like July? Like <laughs> They're asking for a car detail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was probably the next coolest experience of my life was That's... walking out that back door. And I just remember it seemed like the sun was shining brighter on its way down. Yeah. It was really fucking awesome. That's man, It was that's really awesome. cool just to be like, I will never, I will never work for a company again. I refuse to. Yeah. I, I absolutely refuse to. You could take, you could take everything, but five grand away from me not a chance i'm going back because if i did it once i'll fucking do it again yeah i'm not you're not breaking me maybe some days you could but you're never going to you may beat me to my knees but you're never going to get me from not getting back up dude i love that mindset i'm 100 percent getting back up and i will do it again because i refuse it's almost a fear of like working for someone else because yeah if you if you don't really yeah uh one of my favorite phrases is complacency is a cousin of mediocrity Hmm. and the last thing i ever want to be is mediocre who wants to live life being normal or average that is my biggest fear by by far and to to say that i'm truly not living a mediocre life i don't know i don't know if i'm the one to judge it i'd rather make you are certainly not living a (laughs) mediocre life and here's why because you're not, you're not really beholden to anything, and you still have the mindset. I mean, it's 
just a matter of time for you. And really what it comes down to is you're not complacent. I would much rather make significantly less Mm. and still continue to do what I'm doing than taking a job in corporate America, making significantly more. If you offer me $50,000 a year to do what I'm doing now, or a corporate job for 400 grand with stock options and all that shit, not a fucking chance. Not a fucking chance I'm going to work for Goldman Sachs or who could ever offer 400 grand a year. Yeah. Not a chance. Put the contract right in front of me. Give me a million dollar signing bonus. I'm not taking it. The money I, I've I've made enough and I have enough where it's like my time's not going to be bought. Hmm. And I think the idea of hmm. getting a job, whether you're CEO yeah. or well, I mean, I guess I'm CEO, but still, um, <laughs> you, where it's like you have day-to-day responsibilities. I mean, yeah, I, guess, I guess the CEO of Goldman Sachs doesn't really have any. He could just take his jet to Cabo whenever he wants, <laughs> but. But I mean, he still has to, you know, make sure the business doesn't fall apart. You know, he still has absolutely. to, yeah, he still has to check in with, you know, operations. You know? And if my company got that big, I'd have to do the same. But yeah. I, I just think there's something to be said for like having a job, like middle America, what most people go to college to end up in yeah. is really just, they pay you 70 grand a year. They're paying you 70 grand a year to what? To give up your dreams? You're yeah. making someone else's dream happen. Hmm. Every hmm. minute you're working there, you are working for someone else's dream. That guy up at the top, you're working for his dream, not for yours. This quote my, uh, my mentor sent me. Let me pull that up. The salary is the drug they give you to forget your dreams. And yeah, he was telling me when I was working at Chase, uh, Chase Bank, I was like, when did you I, work at Chase Bank? Uh, maybe that was maybe three months ago. Worked at the one on Maxtown. I yeah. saw you there. No way. Did yeah. I, was I, did I... You had an interaction with me. No um, yeah, this is funny. I just realized I remember seeing the name text really? at Bryce. I knew you looked no familiar. Wow. So it was because I went in there and I got a $5,000 cash <laughs> withdrawal. And I remember like you were standing there and I believe you were in training. This is so crazy. You were in training at that time, I believe. Yeah. And uh, the lady like leans over and goes, that's 5,000, right? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then she like brought it out. And I remember I had like a short conversation with you. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, man, I'm just, I just started working here. I'm really enjoying it. And then I think you cashed a couple of checks for me. Yeah. Like a few weeks later. That's crazy. Dude. That's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. I, I bank it, Chase. Yeah. So. I mean, I do too. I, I, small shout out to Chase. I, I have no hate towards them. I just kind of like your mindset. I really, I don't like the idea of trading my time for my, I mean, I still, I still work a regular job, uh, but for me. It's more education at this point. Yeah. You're doing yeah. real world education rather than going to college. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm learning straight from my mentor right now. And you're getting paid for it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I would do that if he was giving me half the money. I wouldn't care. As long as I can live right now, all I'm focused on is learning. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, you're, you're paying your tuition. Cause like when I started day trading, mm-hmm. everybody pays tuition. That's when you get, everybody gets on a hot streak, their first few trades, and then mm-hmm. they get too confident yep. and then they start losing. You're paying your education. <laughs> yeah. You are paying your tuition and trading like that. at that point. Yeah. Because there's, there's so many nuances of training that you mm. just don't know until you figure out on the wrong side of them yeah it's that same thing yeah you're just you're just paying your dues but you're getting paid for it yeah you're getting paid to learn instead of paying to learn at college which is going to be significantly less useful anyway 
And shout out to your mentor for that. That's fucking dope. Dude, he's he's an awesome guy. I, yeah, I've got a awesome feel like guy. that. And it's always interesting to me, like, like I was telling you, that one client took me out to dinner during a very, very pivotal moment for his business. Yeah. There's something to be said for people like that. They Absolutely. Just, that they are giving you a lesser version of giving you the shirt off their back. They are, it's an opportunity cost for them. They could be it making is. more money or doing something else. Yes. He could have hired someone with, you know, a, uh, a master's for the job that I'm doing right now. He could have hired someone that has years of experience in, in property management and in, in leasing. And, uh, how'd you, you meet know. him? Um, so I was actually still in the military and I had just read rich dad, poor dad. And I was like, you know what, man, I am not interested in real estate. But so many people, so many rich people are not I'm making like, any more land. I, gotta, I just got to learn what is so special about it. And so I was like having a conversation with my family and they're like, oh, you know, we know a guy that's uh, someone in real estate. Um, you know, we'll see if we can get his number for you. And luckily they hit me up with his number and I reached out to him. Didn't really get anything in response. Reached out to him again and again. And then uh, finally he was like, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, actually just finished it. That's kind of why I'm reaching out to you. And he was like, Awesome. You're on your way. And then that was it. Didn't hear anything from him for a while. Finally got out of the military, reached back out to him. And I'm like, Hey, like, uh, I hear you also own like a, a bounce house company. Um, mind if I just like work for it, you know, like mind if I just learn how, how you run a business. And, uh, you know, luckily he's, uh, you know, he's having me kind of run the business now. And, um, uh, you know, I'm learning a ton about how to run a small business and, um, uh, it's been a great education and, you know, now I'm working at his other company, learning about real estate investing and how to manage properties and how to, um, you know, show properties and all Which that. Which is where stuff. you and wanted to be in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it eventually led me to now I'm, I'm putting offers in on, on my own rental properties and, you know, I haven't gotten one yet, but, uh, you know, I was in contract and, you know, we're, we're getting there and I'm, I'm sure by the end of the year, hopefully I'll have my own, uh, my first, my first duplex and. That'll be the, the first we'll pillar of my party. real estate empire. An empire, <laughs> absolutely. I like the wording you're yeah. using. An empire is definitely what it will be. Yeah, that's the goal, man. Yeah. That's the goal. I know you're, you're yours is a kingdom right now, moving towards an empire. We're you're, working on it. We're working on it. We got a stage. small fiefdom. We got a fiefdom. <laughs> just that small. I don't think I've ever heard that word. <laughs> uh, I think I just poured it out of like, freshman year uh i don't even know if it's the correct word to use I, actually let's look jamie pull that up <laughs> yeah what is a fiefdom a fiefdom man that's uh that's some interesting language there man okay a fiefdom <laughs> a fief that's the definition uh maybe improper usage here a fief was the central element of feudalism it consisted of Heritable property rights granted by an overlord. Nope. Okay. Pull that word so, out. Yeah, Not a thief. This out. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a, I have a large small business. We'll just leave it at that. It's not a fiefdom. It's getting there. And especially at not the rate that you're growing, man. That's cool. I can't wait to see where you're going in the next year and five years. Well, that's what's funny. Oh, that was man. the same thing I was thinking about you. So this this <laughs> should be pretty awesome. This should be cool. This is going to be a good friendship, man. Absolutely. That's what I told I've you. I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah. Man, it's been awesome having you on. Yeah. Thank enjoyed you. Enjoyed it. And I could keep talking to you for hours, bro. I, yeah. Seriously. You're a wealth of knowledge. And, uh, you know, you, you said it before, but you're wise beyond your years. And, yeah, I was told that by the first guy who put me on this podcast, yeah. and now we're doing another one Here with we him again. next week. Yeah, um, yeah he said Man. I was wise beyond my years. He said he thought I was 40. 
if you haven't have seen me. Uh, he did tell me I looked 15, though. <laughs> Shout out to him. But uh, he said he, I sat, I talked like I was 40. And he was I will say, not, not to be offensive, but you are unsuspecting. I would never look at you and be like, you know, that dude's worth millions. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, for a but while, cool. for a while I had that problem where it was like, the Louis Gucci belts. I've still got all that shit, but I just don't show it off like I used to. Yeah. It just doesn't do anything for me. I'm like a lot of the people. Honestly, in my opinion, it, it attracts the wrong crowds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It attracts the wrong girls. Yep. Jordan hates that shit. Yeah. She doesn't like it, but yeah. it, it attracts the wrong kind of attention. Exactly. You live and you learn. You live and you learn, man. Well, man, it's been awesome having you on here and hopefully we'll sit down in maybe a week or two again. Yeah, dude. Do it again. Maybe we could just talk about DMT, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this could be cool. It could be like uh, Joe Rogan and Brian Redband when when they were both just on it, like (laughs) sitting like six inches apart from each other trying to fit into the webcam. (laughs) They just did that for a long time. Who knows, man? I'm just waiting to see where you're at in episode 1650 like (laughs) Joe Rogan is man that would be awesome to be able to build something like it that. will be it, it will, will be, be. Like the that. universe your like words that. are powerful i like that that's cool man all right well thanks for listening guys if you're still around <laughs>